Hello and welcome to another episode of Give Yourself Some Leeway with me, your host, Eugene Lee. Often in our journey of self-development and improvement, self-esteem is like this invisible force that either propels us forward or holds us back. It's like the foundation upon which we build our identity. It's the lens through which we view the world. Today, I'm joined by Clarissa Burt, actor, author, public speaker, and former supermodel. And we're here to talk about her new book, The Self-Esteem Regime, and how you can put together an action plan to become the more confident person that you were always meant to be. If you enjoy today's episode, you can join the conversation over at giveyourselfasomeleeway.com on Instagram at eugene.leeway or shoot me an email. Let me know what you think at eugene at leeway.ie. Thank you. And I really hope you enjoy today's episode with Clarissa Burt. Clarissa, welcome to Give Yourself Some Leeway. And thank you so much for taking the time to join the show today. I am so glad to be back. You know, I want everybody to know that we had a pre-show and we we had a lovely chat, not only about my life and your life and what's going on in the world, but certainly um, I'm thrilled to be on your show. And so we can give some really good information um, to all of your listeners today. Yeah, I think that's one thing why the pre-show is so important. That's that extra screening just to get to know people before they jump on. Because sometimes people just like jump straight and it's like, okay, now who the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, and, and and it's like okay do we vibe is do yeah. we resonate yeah. at all it's so it's, it's 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 super important to yeah. actually get to know your guests as well beforehand um, yeah yeah for sure. but for everyone else oh, who here. wasn't I'm there here. for the pre-show I, I must have passed the test because i'm here <laughs> so for everyone else who didn't hear the pre-show um clarissa um what's your background um and who do you serve why do you do what you do well, I am, uh, my background is really just, you know, a regular kid, grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, with some big dreams. You know, by the time I was five years old, I knew that I wanted to be, you know, on the big screen. I wanted to be on the stages. I wanted, you know, I was really, really watching as a kid. Now, remember, I was when I was a kid, when there was no internet, no, you know, no cell phones, none of that. We had three television stations and you watched whatever came on. So that's when you would only get your cartoons on Saturday morning and usually Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoons, they'd have these you know beautiful movies that you could watch. And I would watch these movies with Alva Gardner and Rita Hayworth. And they, you know, these are women that back in the 1940s and 50s were known as some of the most beautiful women in the world. And they had beautiful, you know, garb and they were dancing and singing and all the men swooned over them. And I was five years old and that's who I wanted to be, you know, so uh, fast forward, I was Mary Poppins in the kindergarten play. So there was already, you know, it was already kind of evident that I was the kid with the big mouth and I was the one <laughs> that remembered the words to all the songs. And so I was Mary Poppins in the kindergarten play. And I really think it was because I might have been the only kid that could remember supercalifragilisticexpialidocious um, uh, and sing it. And, um, and uh, when I got my first standing ovation, at five years old, I knew, Eugene, I knew that I was going to be, you know, I was hooked. And so, you know, the stage has been my life in some way, shape or form 
pretty much ever not you know, necessarily since then, but certainly in my latter years when I modeled or I was on television, you know, movies and different things. So um, yeah, it's just, that's kind of the progression of how I got to where I am. The platform that I chose, which is really all about self-esteem, personal development and self-improvement was because I think what, you know, this, the saying goes, you always, you know, you usually teach what you need to learn. And, um, and certainly I, you know, I had my issues along the way, as many people do. And I don't know that anybody really gets off of this rock without having somewhere along the line, an issue with self-esteem, if not many issues with self-esteem. Um, my mother, a beautiful woman who, you know, I certainly, I looked up to just never wanted her picture taken and never felt she was good enough. My mother was I think I might have told you this in pre-show, so forgive me if I if I um, if I uh, double up on some of the information. But you know, my mother was a beautiful woman. She was extremely intelligent. Uh, graduated West Catholic Philadelphia West Catholic High School, um, and uh, with eight hundred girls. And she was salutarian, which brought her in second place. And she was on the dean's list all four years. My mother was brilliant. Never thought she you know she just never thought that she never perceived herself that way. Um, my grandmother, another beautiful woman, you know, decides she needs to lose weight, takes two diet pills, chokes on them, perforates her esophagus, winds up in the hospital for six weeks. My grandmother was thin as, you know, not thin as a rail, but she was healthy. Let's put it, there's just very healthy weight, not overweight in any way. I'm looking at these women and I'm thinking to myself, good Lord, you know, I mean, my perception of you is you're two, you know, two of the most amazing women that I've come across in my short lifetime. You don't perceive yourself that way. And I will tell you that that was really frustrating. It was very frustrating for me. I just kind of wanted to get them and shake them and say, why don't you see what I see? Fast forward to, you know, my friendships. And then certainly, Eugene, when I was modeling, I was, you know, modeling with some of the most beautiful women in the world, uh, all over the world. And, you know, cover girls and, and runway models. And, you know, when you're on the runway, or at least back in my day in the 80s, you know, you were, there were some strict guidelines you had to fall under in order to be on that, wearing those clothes and, you know, on the run, the Valentino runway, you know, the, all of the, you know, Saint Laurent runways, you know, we were on those runways. Um, and a lot of the girls were, you know, they, I could see that they had issues with their self-esteem as well. And so it, you know, I was kind of, it kind of came down to, Where's the common denominator between my mom in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and these beautiful girls that I'm working with all over the world? And of course, you know, it was it, the answer is, you know, lack of happy, healthy self-esteem. And I know that I was going through it as well. So I wanted to write the book and I wanted to write the book that really is not you're not going to read about self-esteem. You're going to actually do the work because the book is called, you know, the self-esteem regime. And it is an action plan for becoming the confident person you were meant to be. And that is every chapter is a lesson. It's a mini workbook. It's got its case studies. It's got Clarissa's Corner, the clarion call. It's got all kinds of information that you need to sit down, do the work and figure out, you know, how it is you too can, you know, improve yourself, how you can, you know, develop your person and um, you too live in happier, healthier self-esteem. So, yeah, a lot of you that you covered there around self-esteem, is it that because of societal pressures um, that that is that the let's say the most like predominant um, aspect of it that we have all these expectations upon us? 
Um, I think it starts Jim, at home. And, yeah, starts at home. Okay. I think it starts at home, and I think it starts with the familial tribe. I think it starts with the pressures that were, are put on us there. Certainly, you know, uh, I know that in pre-show we talked about um, generational traumas and generation things that you know generationally they they foist upon us that that you know they only knew what they knew at the time. And as we grow, we we learn, uh, and we do the work on ourselves. We learn that there are other ways that we can be. My my household, as I when I was a child, was very uh, it was a very angry household. And it was a kind of scary place to be. And I knew that when I left that house, there was some sort of, and it was violent. So I knew that I had some PTSD as I left, as did my brother and, and my sister as well. So when you go out into the world with that's what you've learned, you know, some of the things, those are the things that you've learned, but you necessarily, you haven't necessarily learned to put those tools in the shed that you're going to need to navigate your relationships from here on out. And that's where life will start to kick you in the teeth because you bring all that with you and you think, well, that's the way it is on the outside, inside. It must be that, that way on the outside. And then you learn, well, well now that, that yelling and screaming isn't going to work with everybody. You know, you've got, so that's when I started to learn that, you know, the yelling and the screaming that I had learned when I was adopting that in my life outside the home, people were like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on with you? You know, and that's when you realize that you've got things that you've got to change. You've got to, uh, you know, alter different ways that you need to adopt to in order to be you know a a, 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 um, a functioning member of society let's put it that way and uh and so yeah i would say that it most definitely starts at home then it goes into you know our friendships so family friendships you know who were the our peers who did we learn uh, you know learn with as we were growing up you know there were some things that i you know grew up with the kids and in my you know uh childhood that i learned some things from i was oh okay wow and then of course your educational uh institutions you know your uh your education uh what are they teaching you that you agree with there might be some things you don't agree with so you have to start to cherry pick if you will as you grow and as you go uh, along in your path of figure out what's serving you what's not serving you what have you learned remember that most of the things that you're learning as you go is not written in stone. You know, it's not etched in marble, right? And there are some things that 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 blackboard can be erased on more than one occasion, and you know, you can create a new equation. Um, so that is, I think, one of the most important, uh, some of the most important places where we learn the things that we learn. But then again, it's up to us as we go um, to make the the change. You know, the changes that we need to be a better person. As, as I say, a better person tomorrow than we are today. I think a, a very important thing you touched on there was how you cherry pick what you mm -hmm. believe in. And, and definitely as, as a child and especially going through those school years, we are very easily influenced by all the decisions that adults yeah. make in our lives for us. And a lot of us carry that into adulthood. And that's where our self-esteem hits, let's say, a ceiling at some point in our childhood or in our teen years. And that yeah. carries on into our adult life. Yeah, so I, I feel that that's where a lot of people, let's say, stall in terms of their development. Yeah, I think that you have to also understand that you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond to it. Therein lies your power. Right. That is some of the most important. Uh, I think one of the most important. Another, you know, like if you're, anybody's at home taking notes, I would write that one down for sure. Um, and then as you go, there's something that's called reparenting. 
where you reparent yourself, right? I will be my own loving parent to my inner child, right? Um, and so you start to think about, you know, the inner child that was, you know, that you brought with you from potential trauma and drama. I'm not saying everyone grows up that way, but I've, you know, talked to a lot of people in my years and, and a lot of people did not necessarily have the idyllic home life, right? So um, find the people that you, you know, now you get the chance. You can't pick your, your your parents, but you can pick from here on out. And that's where I say frequently the toxic stops here. And that stopping the toxic right there is 100% of the work that you're going to have to do. And it's going to be difficult and it's going to be challenging and it's going to be scary, but it's, and it's going to take a lot of courage because when you start doing the work and cutting the people out that are toxic, cutting them out, putting a little bit more distance between you and them. I'm not saying you got to, you know, you know, cut them out and you never talk to them again. No, but you don't let them affect you the way that they have up until now. And some people are going to get angry and others are going to get their nose out of joint. Some people are going to get really snippy and you're going to have to navigate this new relationship, this new formation that you're creating. Uh, you know, into that relationship as you start to stand up for yourself and create new boundaries. So you will find new people, um, you know, that you will allow into your life that can get into that inner circle, if you will, because you're looking for the the happy, healthy, nurturing people, the people that are there, you know, the, the three, I can, my rider dies, as we call them here in the United States. I don't know about elsewhere. You know, the people that you absolutely can call at three o'clock in the morning and then they're there for you no matter what. Those are the kind of people that you want to start surrounding yourself with. Yeah, I, I, again, while you mentioned there about when you start setting those boundaries and some people get very snappy about like, oh, you're, you're changing the dynamic of our relationship. Yeah. And they, they're comfortable with how you were. But now that you're changing yourself, you're trying to better yourself in some way. Maybe right. there were ways that you were people pleasing a lot and that was draining you. And they got used to being pleased. And they were like, hey, you're you're actually taking away from our relationship here because you're setting a boundary for yourself. But that's they, they feel like you're taking away of what they expected from your relationship. But now that you're finally setting that boundary and taking care of yourself, that's why they can be a bit defensive at first because yeah. they they were expecting that of you or they thought that was normally thought that was the, the natural dynamics of the relationship so without again, a doubt yeah yeah without a doubt yeah and it's it's that's what i said the work is not going to be easy you're going to have to put some distance between you and whatever is potentially toxic and let's use the toxic you know word loosely or not so loosely depending on who we, you know who, when i say toxic relationship who comes to mind when I say it, I know there is somebody that comes to mind immediate girlfriend, boyfriend, mother, father, teacher, professor. I don't know. I'm, you know, but I know someone comes to mind for everybody that's listening. And, you know, you're going to go, wow, how am I ever going to tell my mother? You know, how am I ever going to distance myself from my mother? How am I, you know, and so you have to learn again how to navigate that and to start questioning if it's healthy for you or not, if it is making you upset, if it is making you sad, if it's depressing you, if it's bringing up anxiety, any of those negative emotions, you're probably living in a toxic relationship, right? 
So, you know, people say, well, how do I know if it's toxic? That's how you know if it's toxic. If it doesn't feel right, if it's not, I don't mean, uh, and by the way, again, when I say if it's not serving you, please, you know, use that word as well loosely. But when I say serving you, is it, is it what you, is it what is, um, you know, bringing out the best in you? Is it making you happy? Does it make you feel peaceful? Does it make you feel comfortable? Um, those are the words that you're kind of, you know, striving for, as you say. The toxic stops you. Okay, everybody, you know, I got all the foist from all the generations. And, you know, remember, our parents learn from their parents, learn from their parents and whatever else. Um, but it stops with me. And I'm telling you, that is, that's a huge go. It's not going to be easy. But boy, is it ever going to be worth it? One thing that you mentioned in your book was um, mirror therapy. What yeah. What is mirror mirror therapy? Yeah. Well, there are some different exercises that are in the book. And certainly one of them is journaling. You know, that's where you got to sit down and write, you know, do your writing and, and get the things into paper. When you can get things out of your head and onto paper, that's one of the most, you know, it's a really, really powerful exercise. And what's cool about that is you can go back day by day and month by month and read where you were at that time and understand your growth and your growth patterns, which is really, really um, super satisfying, you know, to see, wow, I'm doing the work and that's great. But mirror therapy is something that I learned as I was reading Louise Hayes works. Um, I picked it up from her. Jack Canfield, who was, you know, from the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, also used it in his works. And I figured it was good enough for them. It was good enough for my, me too. And, um, you know, because those are two of the most powerful titans in the personal development industry. And I decided that I would use it in my book. And what it is, is when you do the work in the mirror, when you actually, and by the way, it's going to look weird. It's going to feel weird. You, you know, most people are using, you can look, there are two ways to approach a mirror. One is to look at the mirror, right? You look at the mirror and the other one is to look into the mirror, right? So when you're looking at the mirror, you're grooming and preening, right? You're brushing your hair, you're putting on your makeup. You might be brushing your teeth or whatever else that is. Great. You looked at the mirror. When you look into the mirror, you start to look at yourself. I mean, really look at you. Do you ever really stop? Take 10 deep breaths and just look at yourself in the mirror and decide what it is you see. And then have a conversation with yourself. People are going to think as you're listening to this, my God, this woman's off her bra, you know, off her broca. She's not even, she's like, she's out of her mind. You know, she's, she's out of her gourd as that we used to say as kids. But it's the most power, I think, one of the most powerful exercises you will ever do when you look at yourself and you say, you know, I, I like you. I do. I really like you. And you use your name and you say, you know, Clarissa, I love you. I love you. I love you so much. And I'm so proud of you. And that presentation you did on Tuesday, yeah, that was extraordinary. That was really good work. Okay. So you get the point, right? And you start to say, and you look into the mirror and you start to say the things to yourself. Now, Normally what we do, Eugene, is we're really quick. When I say to you, give me the 10 things about yourself you don't like. Somebody will sit down and go this, that, that. I mean, check, 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 check. No problem. But when I say to you now, give me the 10 things about yourself that you absolutely love. People usually have a really difficult time coming up with that. It's the craziest thing. You know, people are so easy to judge themselves harshly and to speak, you know, the, that the daily demons, as they call them, coming in and going, oh, you really 
stunk at that and you you're not good enough and you know Susie Q is so much smarter than you all of that right all the yuck and the uck that we definitely don't need when you do the mirror therapy work you're actually sitting and you're saying to the, those things to yourself that you need to hear that you want to hear and that will absolutely um empower you in a way that you could have never imagined now you might want to do it when nobody else is at home <laughs> and you might want to at least start out with one minute or two, you know, but if you can't come up with anything to say, my book is rife with um, affirmations that you can use to get started with. And I promise you that if you do that for 21 days straight, you from the first time you do it, you'll notice a difference. Do it for 21 days straight because they say 21 is a day, you know, it's the magical number for really creating new, you know, synapses and in, in the brain, uh, a connective synapses in the brain. But to go ahead and do that and see what happens. It's extremely, extremely powerful. I love that because that was something similar that I started off with. Give yourself some leeway of what are the simplest what's the most ridiculously simple thing that you can do starting today to better yourself for tomorrow? And the yeah. first one was start your morning with a glass of water. Drink a glass yeah. of water first thing in the morning, going to rehydrate your brain. You're going to think more clearly. You're probably going to make a lot of better decisions. That's a big win. The second one was first thing in the morning, when you're brushing your teeth, just go, go, to, the, go to the bathroom mirror, look at your reflection and smile. Just smile once. And if you smile, you start your day yeah. with a smile, that's a win. And it's like the only person you smile at is yourself. And that's yeah. going to brighten up your day. That's something as simple as that. And the next challenge yeah. after that is to smile at the first person you see that morning. And then you've caused a ripple effect because you, because you get used to smiling at one person in the morning. You're going to start smiling at more people over time. And then now imagine gonna... how many people they're going to smile at because exactly, you smile at them. Exactly. Because again, it's just that they're going to replicate. If you smile yep. at someone more, 50 50 chance it depends it depends on what kind of morning they're having but more than likely they're going to smile back absolutely here's another one that i'll throw in there and believe me when i tell you this is actually i've i have this as an alert on my phone and on my computer as well in my calendar every two hours i have an alert on my phone that says stop and take 10 slow deep breaths Sounds ridiculous, right? Are you kidding me? Well, let me tell you, when you talk about the oxygenation, right? Uh, you get, you know, you hydrate your body, you're hydrating your brain as well. But then this, the oxygenation is something that is really vital. As we sit during the day, we do become, you know, it's almost that we get into a meditative state, which means our breathing has shallowed. And the oxygen in our, isn't getting to our brain like it would if we were to stop and really take those deep breaths and, and, and pull them in. So I take at least 10 uh, and I get the reminder on there. It says reminder to do this. So also the reminder to get up, walk around. Um, you know, that's my reminder to get up, you know, I don't know, go fold the wash, you know, wipe down the cat, like do something that is not the computer or a device, you know, 24 seven. Um, and as we start talking about, also, as we start talking about, um, you know, what's happening with our youth right now, because there's a mental youth crisis. It's, it's so apparent and, you know, the CDC came out with information. Our uh, attorney uh, general here in the United States came out with, you know, uh, uh, an alert and some warnings. Um, and the Dove Self-Esteem Project does amazing work around self-esteem for especially young girls. 
um, we have to start really being mindful as adults about where our kids are on, are on any given day, but not physically where they are. Of course, we have to worry about that now like never before, which is really sad, but we really have to worry about where they are emotionally. Um, and that is, you know, that is where I look, I'm not a parent, so I can't preach from a pulpit. I know that I'm, I'm, I've been many, I've been a mother to many, let me just put it that way. And I, and I can, I've got the proof and the receipts to prove that, but we have to start spending more time with these kids. We have to get the devices out of their hands. They are learning far too quickly information that they're not ready for. Um, and we've got to be spending, you know, I say, get the half hour at the dinner table, get back to the dinner table. You know, people will say, well, what can we do? What can we do? S start loving on them start, you know, start insisting, you know, start, you're not their friend. You're not, you were not, you, I don't think parenting was meant to be their friend. I think your parenting is to, is to, is to bring them up to be productive human beings. And, um, and, uh, and, and that's where I stand on that. So, but being really mindful about where our children are, making sure that they too are getting some really good, healthy information about self-esteem, personal development, self-improvement, you know, wanting to be a better person tomorrow than they are today. The bullying that's taking place online is actually taking the lives of our kids. And, you know, the statistics are almost at 50% of our youth. And when I say youth, I mean from middle school to college age, you know, I can, I youth, I'll call them young adults. Um, there is about 50% where they are either, um, you know, they're either depressed they're anxious, they're thinking about committing suicide or they have committed suicide. We are in a youth mental crisis like never before. So if I can use your platform just for a few minutes to bring that you know, to the fore, to remind us adults um, to spend a little more time with them, show them a little bit more love and tell them maybe some of the things you're saying to yourself in the mirror, you know, bring them up, you know, let them know that, you know, we understand, um, we do understand. Uh, we were there once, but never like they have been. These devices have have been really, really detrimental to these children. Yeah, because even as we were just saying about how the self-esteem issues that we have, that we carry into ad adulthood, they stem from our childhood and our teen years. So it is up to us. It's also our responsibility to help make sure that we yeah. can break that cycle, break that chain. And yeah. the best way is by communicating with our kids and communicating yeah. with youth and bridging the gap, bridging the gap and, and keeping those lines of communication open and being respectful and actively yeah. listen to what they have to say too. Because yeah. I think that's where it's when they feel that there's um, a boundary or that there's a restriction as to how much they can share. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's the boundary that we need to, to break between generations. I think the other thing that's really important too, uh, Eugene, is, you know, I, I'm really, really big on values and value systems. And if I were to say to most people today, give me four of your top values, most people are going to look at me like a deer in the headlights and not going to know exactly what I'm talking about, you know. Um, and so I think that, if, you know, the, your values is it's absolutely your blueprint in life. It's how you present on any given day. And it's the hill that you're going to die on. Right. And so when I say that, I think that it's important that we impart that on the kids as well. But I'll give you an example. My mine is to take the high road. And when I say to take the high road, it's honesty, integrity, gratitude and honor. And I think if we, you know, again, I use this and I say this frequently and I, I just to drive home the point. And that is 
can you imagine what kind of world we would live in if everybody was honest? Yes, it's idyllic and it's never going to happen. What if everybody in this world was honest? What if everybody lived in integrity? You know, what if everybody did live in integrity? Wouldn't that be an extraordinary place to be, right? So what if everybody was thankful for what they had instead of wanting more and more and more, just be happy for what you had? Not, not everybody. Certainly there are people that are, that are uh, you know, I'm not talking about our homeless. I'm talking about you and me, Eugene. You know, the people that can help those people, right? So that is an, I don't wake up. There's not, not any, any day I don't wake up and say, thank you for another day. Thank you for the warm blankets. Thank you for the food in my pantry. Thank you for a loving family. Thank you for my health. You know, there's so much for me to be thankful for that I would be super remiss and quite a jerk if I wasn't, (laughs) if I wasn't really being, you know, so thankful for what I have. And the last one, of course, is honor. And honor is a big one. That's, you know, usually we're thinking about honor when it comes to um, military service, you know, but honor really is. It's who are you when nobody else is in the room? You know, who are you uh, at the core? What are you ready to, you know, what is it that you are really ready to uh, stand on that hill for and, and honor um, others, honor yourself, your boundaries, all the things we've been talking about. Let's talk about boundaries for a second. People think that boundaries, when creating a boundary, you've got to be angry, you've got to be upset, you've got to be, you know, really get angry with somebody. It's not like that at all. A boundary can be set with ease, joy, and glory with no problem at all. And all you have to do is say, hey, listen, can I talk to you for a second? You know, what you just said, what you just did, kind of hurt me a little bit. And let me explain why. It doesn't have to be done with anger. May I explain why? Well, when you say that, it kind of made me feel this way. And most people are going to go, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I had no idea that it would hit you that way. I'll never, it never it'll never happen again, you know? And you'll say, good, we're good. Thanks a lot. Hey man, thanks a lot. That's really great. Because, you know, now, I know guys probably wouldn't do that as much. I think women might be able to do that with more ease. But I think we all should be able to say, hey, this is my boundary. Here's my line in the sand. We can't cross that line. And I hope you don't mind. You know, And most people, when you talk to people like that, most people are going to be okay. If somebody says to you, oh, for God's sake, will you get over yourself? What are you crazy? What are you nuts? Oh, my God, you're so sensitive. You know, That's when you have to look at it again and go, I might have a toxic relationship on my hands. So for people who, I think a lot of the time, especially when that happens, it's someone who doesn't know where their values lie either. And I think I think when someone doesn't respect your values, it's a deflection of the fact that they don't understand their own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the most important thing is that, you know, you really want to be able to stand on principles, you know, like, you know, like have an unwavering commitment about what your beliefs and values are and where you will and will not, where you have wiggle room and where you don't like, no, we can't wiggle on that. That is something we cannot do. That is something we cannot say. You know, if somebody were to come into my life and say, Hey man, uh, I'm going to party this weekend. I'm going to bring a kilo of Coke, (laughs) whatever. I'm making it up as I go. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. You know, I mean, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. That's not going to happen or, you know, whatever. I make that up off the cuff and it's a silly example, but I think you get what I mean. You know, you always want to be a leader in your own life. You're leading your life and you want to be, you know, giving great examples to those that are around you, right? Sometimes that you're going to even, you know, as a great leader, you're going to sacrifice. You've got to sacrifice some things too. So get ready for that. 
And one of the things you never want to be is you never want to bow. You never want to bow down. You never want to be a coward, right? You want to stand, stand tall and stand strong all the time. Yeah, I I love that, that it's, if you don't start respecting your values and setting your boundaries yeah. around your values and no one else is going to respect them either. Yeah, I think exactly. I think that's yeah a, a very important point to drive home is that yeah. once you are aware of your values, once you start asking the right questions and yeah. start becoming more aware of where do you stand? Yeah. Where what what what's your purpose? What's what are the values that you want to drive home? What what's the the hill that you stand on? And then you also have to surround yourself with people who respect those boundaries or who maybe have the same principles. Yeah. So that so that you're surrounding yourself with the right people who, yeah. who have so, that respect for you. Yeah. Right. So to you know, to our point, one of the most important things that I like to leave everybody with that, you know, your personal development is really your sacred duty. It's your sacred duty to yourself, it's your sacred duty to everyone that you will encounter in your lifetime. It's something that you want to be putting on the calendar. People, ah, I don't have time for that. Well, you should, because you know, your self-esteem is probably the most important thing that you will ever happy, healthy self-esteem, obviously, is one of the most important things you will ever do for yourself again and for others. And so, um, self-care people like, oh, i don't have time for that yes so put it into the calendar just like i got done telling you i take you know i've got something that says stop you know you've got take 10 deep breaths that takes me all of 45 seconds minute you know and now i'm good to go off again you know people say i don't have the time for it. you have you make the time for what is important to you in life i have found that to be true over and over and over again so make the time put it in your calendar just like you would your hair your haircut your hair appointment your nails a doctor's appointment uh, the time that you take to go to the vet for your dog whatever it is or your cat you know you've got time for all the things that are important to you you must prioritize yourself you have got to prioritize yourself because you know if you go down it all goes down right like I, I as a solopreneur and an entrepreneur if something happens to me everything comes to a screeching halt you know uh, my mother was in a car act bad car accident last year for seven months i had to shut down my business um because something happened to somebody that was very dear to me so these are those things in life that we are not ready you know always ready for but we have to make time for now i make sure that i you know i you know after the seven months i couldn't there was very little time i could take for myself for self-care once i was able to put that back in the calendar i've made sure that, that has happened so yeah is it all always possible no but you know that you should be taking better care of yourself you know you need to be getting out and smelling the roses getting some nice fresh air you know getting yourself grounded getting your feet in the grass or in the sand or whatever you need to do um you know wherever you're close by if you're close by water or not you know get out and i'm in the desert so you know that's what i do i take a walk in the desert but there's always a way you could be taking better care of yourself and you should the glass of water perfect example you know people say well, i don't have drink another glass of water you can do that you know get yourself some fresh fruit you can do that you know, the things that will make you look better feel better be better and live your greater good i love that I, I, it comes back to let's say the the pillars the values that you have for yourself for for me it's always the my, my three pillars are self-awareness self-compassion and self-care first you need to be aware of yourself Yep. And then you have to stop putting yourself down. Stop talking to yourself neg negatively. You wouldn't right. talk to your best friend this way. So why would you talk to yourself this way? So treat That's yourself right. with compassion. Yeah. And then show up for yourself. Treat yourself with self-care. And yeah. be consistent with that, with your self-awareness. Check in on yourself. Don't beat yourself up for it. 
and then show up for yourself and take care of yourself. What would be your pillars when it comes to um, building your self-esteem? Well, first of all, self-awareness is a great one. And here's what I'll leave you with that. It's also the realization, self-awareness is also the realization that there is no opponent. It's you versus you. Like I had said before, you know, we want to be a better person more than we are today. So you don't need to be ever comparing yourself to anyone else except the person you were yesterday. That's the only comparison you need to make, right? So you absolutely want to be be doing that for sure. Um, and then the realization that if you were told as a young child that you weren't good enough, right, that you weren't worthy and you really believe that, you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to prove that you are. So here's something I'll leave with that. You know, we do hear an awful lot of the affirmations that say, I am enough. You are enough. We are enough. I am enough. So I looked up the word enough and his definition of the word enough is only as much as is required. I'll say it again. Only as much as is required. Now, I don't know about you, but I know about me and I know I am so much more than is required. So that is now the new mantra. The new mantra is I am so much more than enough. I am so much more than enough because just by definition, the word enough isn't enough. So I think that's another really important thing to leave with somebody. Also, who are you as a friend? Who are you as, as a, you know, because we can go down the path about betrayal, trauma, and all of that. Talk about, let's talk about loyalty. This is another one of the most important things that I think should be right up there in your value system is that you are loyal to yourself and to others. In any case, for whatever reason, you must be loyal. Because loyalty, Eugene, is when you've got my back behind my back. Loyalty is when I have your back behind your back. So are you the one that at the water cooler is fomenting when everybody's talking smack about Susie Q and how horrible she is? Are you the one that's standing there like fomenting with the rest of the group and the tribe, ah, Susie Q? Or are you actually saying, you know what, guys? I don't know. I know Susie Q and you know, she's this, she's fun. She's, you know, all right. So she's got, uh, you know, she's a little quirky, but who isn't? Maybe she's just having a bad day. I'll bet you Susie Q could use a hug and walk away. Now what happens, right? Now you have placed yourself in a whole different position without having to be a jerk about it. You've made them think not only about, well, maybe Susie Q does need a hug and maybe I need to stop being such a jerk. And you did that in a really classy way, right? And now they're going to start talking smack about you because hell, who she thinks she is. That's fine. That's cool. You can handle it, right? But do the right thing. Again, what is the right thing to do? That is your honesty, your integrity. That is your honor, right? It is your sacred duty, as I said before, to do the right thing. Do the right thing. You know, I was in, I was in a show, I was in a show called Survivor um many years ago and many people around the world we all know what survivor is i was in the uh, celebrity version of survivor in italy in 2011 i think it was and uh, you know we had one of the exercises and i was with the two you know beautiful bikini babes in the helicopter and they came along and they asked the hel- the, the pilot would you go into that kiosk we're in nicaragua go into that 
kiosk over there and can you get us something to eat because we're starving we haven't eaten in forever and and he did he went over with this brown paper bag he comes back gets in and hands it to them and they're you know start munching on whatever it was we hadn't eaten for weeks we were starving and we hadn't eaten for weeks so it was like i don't even know what it was cookies and crackers and whatever the stuff was junk food and at a certain point, as I'm sitting in the front with the pilot, I get this tap on my shoulder and they proffered some food. And I went, oh, oh, no, 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 thanks. Thank you. Now, I could have eaten that food. Nobody would have ever known the difference. Uh, you know, I could have, even if they had told on me, I could have denied it, right? But they would have been telling on themselves. So I said, no, thank you. And I said, no, thank you, because it was dishonest. It was unfair because nobody else had the same privilege that I would have had. All the other people playing that were in the other helicopters didn't have that. And it was the wrong thing to do. It was the wrong thing to do. Plus, if I had ever done that, the anxiety would have consumed me because it was the wrong thing to do. Now, does that make me perfect? Oh, God, no. Uh, believe me when I tell you, I talk about self-esteem all day long and I talk about what's right and wrong. And I am a, I'm a human being. I'm, I am imperfect. But I knew that that was the wrong thing to do. It was just wrong. So what happened with that was it put it, it you know, whereas we were all great buds, we were really getting along well. It put a, it put a, a division, if you will. Now they're afraid I'm going to tell on them, which I would have never done. That's between them and and their higher power. Um, but it put a, it put division between us because it made me look like superior if you will i felt like i was superior and i was you know i was a little miss goody two shoes and i was you know i wasn't it was just i knew it was the wrong thing it was against the rules and i'm sorry i just wasn't going to do it so when again when you start walking you know that last mile right talk about walking that last mile it's always the darkest it's always the rainiest. There's a huge storm there. There's nobody walking you through. There is no, uh, you know, there's nobody coming to save you. There is no flashlight and it's dark and gloomy and scary, but there's that little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's your focal point. And that's what you keep walking toward. And that's kind of, you know, in a, in a roundabout way, what I talk about when I talk about honor and integrity and honesty. So yeah, yeah. That's important to, to me. I think it should be important to everybody. I really do. Um, and that's where we start upping our game. We up level and we upskill our, ourselves and our lives through the work that we do in personal development and self-improvement and certainly with self-esteem. So th there's never, there's never, let's say a ceiling when it comes to self-esteem or like, are there, is it, is it ever, as, as you said, for some people, it's never enough. Are you talking always, about the self-esteem test? <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about is there a self-esteem test? You take a test on self-esteem, you get 100 and you pass? No, it never works that way because life is life. And life will trigger you, Eugene. Life will trigger you. And what, and I use this as an analogy that I use. So I talk about standing strong in your stead, right? When you've done the work in self-esteem and you've done the work in self-improvement, you've got really strong, uh, well-rooted you know, rooted roots, right? Uh, and then here comes that hurricane. Oh boy, here comes the tornado. Here comes the tempest. And it is, it's a doozy, kind of just like what happened in, uh, in Florida over the, you know, over the week. And, uh, and we've got hurricane, you know, hurricanes coming through. So we can, we batten down the hatches and we kind of get ready. Sometimes we see it coming and sometimes we don't. Uh, but what we do know is that we've got, you know, we've got a really strong for the work we've done. We've got that strong stead 
And as the hurricane passes through our life, now we might have lost a leaf or two, maybe we lost a branch, but we weren't uprooted with the storm and transported away because we have the tools in the shed, right? We've got the tools in the shed that we needed to affront what was happening. Some things are going to be more difficult than others, without a doubt. But we've got some more tools in that shed. We know that everything happens to us for a reason. We understand that there are always there's always a way out. We know that rejection is redirection. We've got all of these different tools now. And so when the storm passes, we can go out to the shed. And what do we find? Well, we've got a shovel and we've got a rake and we've got a broom. And we've got, so we've got the different things that can help us, if we will, clear the debris to see more clearly. And to help us understand what's the next, where, where's that next tool in the shed I need to get for next time. Everything happens for a reason. Everything we've gone through happens for a reason. Everything we will go through is happening to us for the reason that we may not always understand, but we know that on the other side of that, we are a better person. And for anyone who may be, let's say, struggling with their self-esteem, what would be the first tool that you would pull out of the shed? Well, as we've said before, you know, never, you know, never compare yourself to anyone else. You need to be worried about you. Um, and remember this too, you know, we're always comparing, you know, a lot of, we, it's really hard not to do with self-esteem these days. I'm sorry, with um, uh, social media these days, right? So we're social media, social media all day long, all day long. And, oh God, there's Susie Q. And look at how great Susie is. She's so beautiful. And she's got the grass clothes and she's got all the guys and she's good, so pretty. And she's so smart and she's got all that going on. Okay, great. Well, we're real. Be happy for her. Don't be jealous of her. Throw her some good, you know, some good, some good energy. Be really happy for that because the universe sees all that stuff. That means good energy is going to come back to you. But I will, I'll ask you this. We, we always hear about the grass being greener on the other side. And I will argue that the grass is always greener where you water it. What are you paying attention to? Where are you paying attention? Are you paying attention to your grass? Are you fertilizing your grass? Are you watering your grass? Is your grass getting enough sunshine? Okay. So, that's number one. And number two, is the grass really greener on the other side or is it astroturf? Is it fake? Is it not real? Is it perceived? So as we go onto social media and we're comparing ourselves to all these other people, did they rent the Lamborghini for the day? And did they rent that? Did they Airbnb that villa for the day just to take those pictures? You know, in other words, you think you get my point. A lot of people want us to only to know what they want us to know. And, 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 it's, and it's the perception they want us to have of them, which is fine. You know, it's, it's on them. But what's on you is worry about your grass. Worry about your grass. Make sense? Yeah, makes sense. That's a great analogy to worry about your grass and not worry about someone else's um, astroturf. Curate, curate your grass. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, again, never compare yourself to anybody else. Please get your self-care in there. If you, you know, if you're having difficulty in any way, shape or form, if you're, you know, you know, if you're having, if you're having eating disorders, you're self-harming, you're drinking, you're drugging and any of that, that's pretty good, you know, uh, indication that, you know, you're not taking real good care of yourself, obviously. So let's get back to, you know, get rid of all that stuff. It's not helping you at all. Be kind to yourself. Don't shame or guilt yourself as you're going through this process because it's going to be, you know, 
going to be tedious and it's going to take courage. As I said before, um, you know, forgive yourself, get into that mirror and tell yourself, I love you. And I forgive you do that work. Get really clear on your values. We've talked about that also. Draw the line in the sand on all that toxicity that might be happening. Take a really good assessment of who you've got in your life and why are they there? Why have you let them into your lives? Are they nurturing? Are they loving? Are they caring energies or not? Because if they're not, you've got to learn to say no. Two of the most important words in the English language, Eugene, no. Learn how to say no. And yes learn how to say yes to both of those, by the way, to your advantage, right? So you need to know how to advocate for yourself. Again, going back to those, those boundaries, that line in the sand, advocate for yourself, hold yourself in high regard, because if you don't hold yourself in high regard, nobody else is going to, nobody else is going to, you will always be teaching others how you would want to be treated. And by the way, vice versa, it's the same way you'll be treating everyone else, right? We always are treating everyone else with goodness and kindness. So you uh, you definitely, wherever it is, you know, you want to be is where you do belong. You are competent. Uh, it could be criticized sometimes in life. Use it that to your advantage as well, you know? Be acknowledging of your mistakes. Make sure, you know, you make a mistake. Made a mistake. You know, it's not always going to be a, a rose garden. You're going to make mistakes and they are made in order to learn from. So, okay, that's fine, right? Build healthy relationships is really important. And always be improving your physical health, right? Whatever that may mean for you. I'm not a doctor, but, you know, taking really good care of your physical health. I think another thing that you covered, especially in your um, in your core values, um, was gratitude. Is yeah. there anyone that you would like to thank for um, your journey so far? Uh, uh, maybe getting getting to where you are today? Uh, everybody that ever hurt me. Everybody that ever hurt me. I would definitely thank them first because those are the ones that that maybe do the deeper work, maybe take, a, take the deeper dive. Um, maybe want to understand, maybe want to get into the, in, you know, again, as I had told you many uh, before in our pre-show, you know, when I was a child, again, no computers, none of that, no internet, you know, the only internet we had were the bookstores and I would be in those bookstores and I would be in the really tiny section in the back called self-help, self-help. It was a self-help section. And boy, but I tell you, it was really teeny. There wasn't a whole lot going on back there in the eighties. Now, the only bookstore that's left in the United States is Barnes & Noble. And I'm so thrilled to say that my book is in Barnes & Noble. That's been one of my crowning moments. But it, if you if you look now uh, in Barnes & Noble, the, the section is called Personal Development. And it is rows upon rows upon rows of books that are all about personal development, which goes to prove that you know since the dawning of time, you know people have been wanting to understand and they're looking for comfort. They're looking for solace. So looking for understanding, looking why. Um, and that's what I did when I was, you know, again, the people that hurt me. Remember also that hurt people hurt people. So, you know, when you do the work on yourself, it's it's almost mathematical that you'll, you know, you will stop that toxicity and not hurt people, right? It's just, it's, it's that's why I say, say it's your sacred duty to do the work. Um, but I would like to thank those, anybody that ever hurt me um, has probably been my greatest motivation um, to want to 
be a better person than because you know when you're hurt or you're betrayed or whatever the feeling you know feeling of hurt is it hurts it's not a pleasant place to be you know and i would never want anybody to feel that way because of me i'm not saying i've always gotten it right but in my heart i know i've never wanted to hurt anyone i've never you know got to say, i'm no revenge that i don't know what that is i don't know what that means so yeah anybody that ever hurt me would be the answer that's beautiful that you you reframed it that it's made you stronger at, at the yeah. end of the day um, yeah. and, and rather than resenting them and, yeah, no. and 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 using yourself as treating yourself as a victim and resenting them uh, for decisions that you've never made in your life yeah. you've used it as fuel to propel yourself forward yeah and learn the power of forgiveness you know i forget forgiven uh, some people in my life but they are not in my life Right. Because I know that that energy is something that I would not be able to navigate. In other words, until they can do the work on themselves and come in whole and come in complete, I wouldn't be able to have a relationship with them and uh, and uh, send them great energy, great vibes, all of that. But they cannot be, uh, on, uh, you know, with me on the daily because I just I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't. Um, I couldn't navigate. Let's use that word. It's a good word. Um, I also want to remind everybody that, you know, these kinds of books, the, the personal development, self-help, the self-improvement books, these are, you know, we used to call, as I said, self-help, uh, right? It's self-help. This is self-esteem. It's not shelf-esteem. and it's not, So make sure that, you know, it's not shelf-esteem. Go get the books and don't, you know, just leave them on your bedside uh, a table, you know, do the work, maybe just a, a chapter a day. I only have 12 chapters and my chapters are, they are case studies, they're affirmations, there's Clarissa's Corner, the Clarion Call, review, there's homework, there's all kinds of different things for you to delve into doing the work. You're not going to read about self-esteem here, you're going to actually do the work, which is, which is really, really kind of important. And that. remember too, yeah. that when you asked the question before, Eugene, we're all, we are in a constant state of evolution. Like when yes. I, we go back to, you ever take that test, you know, and get a hundred on self-esteem, you could get a pretty high number, but remember that, you know, life is ebbs and flows. And so you're going to be up one day and a little bit lower the next, you know, but constantly be doing the work and realize that even your self-esteem, you know, when you're taking your high road, uh, is always going to be in a state of evolution. That's one thing I find a lot about when people take personality tests and the likes online yeah. and they're like, I got I got this in my result. And then they attach that result to their identity and they're like, oh, this is why I do everything. I, I'm this. And it's just that one time they take that test. And it's like, you did that test five or 10 years ago. Yeah. So they're like, how about you try it again now and see how you yeah. do? Yeah, because or, things change. Yeah, exactly. Things <clears> change. <throat> and it could be on any given day. Maybe you yeah, try it yeah. on, a, on a Monday morning. Next you try it again on a Friday and you get a completely different result because your mind might be in a completely different, you might be in a completely different state of mind and in yeah. terms of how you answer those questions. So Another again, really, really. exactly. It's, 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 it's a way, it's the way you change over time as well. Or let's say your self-esteem, it might be high at the start of the year. And let's say as the year goes on, yes, the way different obstacles or different setbacks and challenges come your way or different opportunities come your way as well. It, it can ebb and flow. And I'd be remiss if I didn't underline, underscore, and really bring the, to the fore the importance of trusting yourself. A lot of people, you know, lack of self-esteem means I really don't trust myself very much. And there's a German writer by the name of Van Gogh who said, as soon as you trust yourself, you will know how to live. 
And I think about that. If I trust myself, I'll know how to live. I'll know how to live with myself. I'll know how to live with everybody else. I'll know how to live with my mistakes. I'll know how to live with my victories. I'll, I'll just know how to live. And I thought that that was really poignant. It's a really great point to make is in all of this work, trust it, trust you, trust the work, you know, stay true to yourself um, and, and, and trust yourself. Um, it's kind of one of those, if you will, it's almost like an overlooked phenomenon that we, we really don't trust ourselves all the time. You know, we've got to, you know, kind of stay honed into ourselves and feel um, the tr that, that we can and should always trust ourselves. I hope that that came across the way I meant it to, but it's really important. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So if anyone wants to walk into Barnes & Noble or walk into their bookshop and come across the um, self-esteem regime, what should they ask themselves if they're if they're on the fence about whether they should pick up the book or not, be it for themselves or be it for their friend? Right. Um, what's what, what's the one question that they should ask themselves? Is this for me? Well, I mean, first of all, how's how's life working out for you? How's it going? Take an assessment, right? Is it working out well or is it kind of would you like to see some things change? Things at work things with your relationships, things with your health, things with just, you know, generally how is life going, you know? And then if you're, if any of those questions are, well, you know, I really would like, then you need to be doing, you need to be doing the work. You need to be doing work on yourself, right? Remember that life is only going to give you what you put up with. What are you putting up with? Would you want to be in a relationship with you? Perfect, perfect question. God, I don't know. Would I want to be in a relationship with me right now? What I, you know, ask yourself that question. You know, we never stop learning about life because life never stops teaching us. So if you're answering, nah, I'm good, I'm fine. I don't need to read anything. I don't need to better myself. You might want to stop and, re and rethink that a minute, you know? Think about what you're thinking about. What are you thinking about? How's it working for you? I love that. So if anyone wants to pick up your book, the best place is Barnes & Noble or where else is it available? It's on Amazon all over the world. So you can pick it up on Amazon. You can go into Barnes & Noble here in the United States. Um, and it's also on barnesandnoble.com. Um, I don't know about, um, you know, Europe, how Barnes & Noble works, but definitely Amazon everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's the best way. That's great. Again, Clarissa, thank you so much for, for your time on the show. And it was a pleasure talking to you as always. Thank you, Gene. Thank you so much for having me on.